Hi there, welcome back. Welcome to Amy's Endless Watchlist and welcome to what I believe is episode five. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And with me today, I actually have a guest. Yay! Hey, welcome, welcome. This is Ellie, Ellie Booth. Hello. And uh, we've been friends for a while, haven't we? Yeah. Couple years now? 2016. Oh God, you're keeping track. 2016. <laughs> and that was the, that was the, yeah, that was the year that a lot of things changed in my life, and yeah. one of them was you. Oh, I hope that's a good change. I'm good. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, so Ellie is my guest today, and um, we're going to discuss a film that she chose, actually, that was on her watch list, uh, but was also on mine. So, yeah, we're going to discuss... Do you want to tell them what we're discussing? Million Dollar Baby. Nice. I'll tell you something. This was on my watch list back when there was a DVD rental shop in the village that I live in. Oh, really? <laughs> and I used to go in, like, every two weeks, and I was never allowed to rent it. Never? Well, I was, like, 11 when it came out. Oh, <laughs> see, that so makes was, like, me feel old. 12, 13, when it was, like, you know, I could rent it, mm. and, uh, and I was never allowed to. But I always just saw it there, because I think the front cover, like, the movie poster looks awesome yeah because so she's just it, basically badass muscly woman just standing there being like yeah so basically just from the imagery alone it appealed basically yeah yeah nice nice yeah so yeah so you chose this one and you chose this one about two weeks ago yes. and uh, <laughs> the, the reason uh we're a bit behind is because unfortunately i felt ill and we were supposed to record i think during when i felt ill um mm. And basically, I've just had a bit of a mad time at work lately, so I just put off a few... New job. Yay. Yes. Well done, Amy. Thank you. But, yeah, it's just a bit of chaos at the moment. So now it's kind of nice, though, to kind of have the time to just be like, oh, yeah. Well, I did watch my movies, and also I did watch... Because obviously it's been two weeks, so I did watch two movies off my watch list. <gasps> what were they? So there was obviously the Million Dollar mm. Baby, which is one that you recommended, and was like, can we discuss this? And I was like, Yes. And then the other one was, um, it's a recently new one actually, like, which, uh, isn't it romantic? Oh, that's so good. <laughs> it's, uh, just, it's on Netflix and uh, it's yes. so bloody funny. It's I brilliant. Was like, it's so good. Obviously I'm not going to review that one right now. And also like. No, but we should. But we should. <laughs> <laughs> we should. It's like one of those ones where I thought like, it's like, at the same time as watching it, I was like, oh my God, there's like so many hints and nods and wonderful winks at all the rom-coms that have come and gone some of them iconic and some of them unfortunately very dated i know but uh, i think what i really love is the complete awareness of all of those like all of romantic comedy movie tropes oh yeah and like how how real life annoying they could be yeah exactly (laughs) if if they suddenly had to be a part of your life it's a bit like um that disney film enchanted Mm, where like suddenly the disney character is like in the real world in the real world yeah and everyone else is just like what the hell is going on yeah exactly why is she singing in like central (laughs) park why is everyone saying how do you know this song yeah (laughs) and how is she making the like the lovely creatures of the like place do stuff because the thing is we all love those movies so i love it when you get a really good movie that like Mm. kind of goes this is not practical (laughs) it's clearly a movie that just did its homework in terms of genre it was like oh yeah Yeah. we're gonna look at every rom-com possible and put as many things in as possible yeah but also like the casting in it just 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 with the cast alone it's it's brilliant but yeah that was the other movie (laughs) very yeah actually it was quite nice to have all those australian accents i really enjoyed Mm. um so yeah, so that was the other movie I watched. I don't know. I mean, technically, 
I've watched new movies with you over the last two weeks because we watched Shazam. We did. Which was a in the lot cinema, of fun. That and was, was worth so... the cinema ticket, as Hell per yes. your reviewing. Hell yes. Um, and then the next day we watched Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did, yeah. Which is great. Yeah, so technically I think I've, like over the last two weeks, even though I've not done my podcast, technically I have yeah. watched stuff that I yeah. hadn't hadn't watched, which yeah. is good. So I feel like I am taking stuff off. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, anyway, back to this one. You chose Million Dollar Baby. So I'm going to let you do most of the review on this one. But obviously, like, you know, feel free to ask me questions. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> As if I'm going to, off the top of my head, be like, yep, I know this one. Um, yeah, so you chose Million Dollar Baby. I enjoyed watching it. I, I don't know how you enjoyed watching it. I loved it. Yeah. Although it really did surprise me. I think it's a film of two halves. Mm. Um, and I did not anticipate the second half but remember, i've never ever watched the trailer do you so never watch the I trailer i never watched the trailer obviously this was like a film that just simply the image of mm-hmm. hillary swank on that like dvd cover when i was about 11 yeah. was enough for me to go when i got netflix put it on my watch list yeah so i've never watched the trailer so i did not see the second half of that film coming <laughs> and i was slightly emotionally not prepared mm. um and it was also the moment that my mum walked in and that could have been a very like moment of like get out or and actually, it was okay. And then she became really invested in the film, and then we enjoyed watching it together. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's definitely a film of two halves. See, it's like it's the sport movie, and then it's like the emotional it's kind like, of like it, actually it, thinking of like films that remind me of that second half very much remind me of almost the English Patient in that kind of massive emotion and big philosophical question. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. It's it really does like it's split down the middle, isn't it? Like, and what's funny is like you say because you've not seen the trailer. To be honest, like, I remember seeing the trailer years ago. Mm. And obviously, I think I was a bit older than you. I must have been a teenager. Yeah, I think you were about... I, was, I, was, yeah, I think I was about 15, I think. Yeah. So so I remember seeing the trailer. But as far as the trailer, kind of, in my mind, from what I can remember, like, it's only... To me, it was a sports movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I never, like... So, like, it was really funny, actually, like, when we were planning to do this podcast a couple of weeks ago and you text me being like... Because like, I text you saying something like, oh, do, you know, how do you enjoy... Yeah. How do you enjoy the film? And then I... Your re- response back was brilliant in the sense of, I did not expect... <laughs> I did not expect that ending. Like, what the hell? And there's me just like, actually... There's me who, from years ago, thought I already knew what the film was. Mm. And then I watched it. And then to get your text, I was like, yes. Because I literally <laughs> had the exact same reaction. And I'd only seen the trailers. So, yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. It's really... The cast all around is spectacular. Oh, fantastic. But, like, the main cast surprise... There were two surprises in it. First, Anthony Mack. Oh, yeah. And Anthony Mackie, isn't it? Like who is obviously now Falcon in the yeah. Avengers and Marvel movies. Who I think of as just, like, you know, the nice guy. Yeah. I swear other things that I must have seen him in, he is the nice guy, or at yeah. least, like, the funny guy. But it was and really Nick's... nice to see her juxtaposition yeah. of him actually playing a complete yeah. asshole. really. Yeah. He was just, like... and He does it very well. He does, he does very <laughs> well, yeah. You can tell, I think, it could have been this one... It could have been very 2D in the way that it was portrayed. Mm. But I think even when you watch the film, I feel like even though he's playing an ass, it's kind of that thing of, yes, he's playing an ass, but you can see it's because of his insecurities. Like, it oh, came yeah. through really well that this character is clearly insecure about something in a very masculine environment. Yeah. It's very interesting that you have all these masculine characters, but then you have them acting in very different ways because of the idea of masculinity. It was I, like I'd even go further and say that although it almost seems like the movie doesn't flesh him out. Mm. 
in actuality, they don't need to because he's that guy that is always in a gym. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. that guy that you meet in a gym or that guy that you meet at a training or that guy that when you go, oh, yeah, I kickbox or, oh, yeah, I play rugby, he's like, oh, really? Yeah. And just being like, yeah, I could take you down, but I'm not gonna. Mm. He's... To, to, you know, to point a pith finger to a film that we have both seen recently, he's Jude Law. Oh, in, yeah. You know, in, he's in Captain like, Marvel. Yeah, come on, fight me. And yeah. it's like, that guy doesn't need to fight you. Danger doesn't need... Like, why, why pick on danger? Yeah. Why fight danger? Because you can't fight anyone else? Like... Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, it's that bully mentality yeah. that comes from... Unfortunately, it comes from... That kind of uh, it's that schoolyard childish behaviour that unfortunately does follow through mm. people to adulthood and it's mm. just really upsetting but at the same time you see it everywhere. Well, like the conversation that we were having earlier about portraying, you know, strong, physically strong women yeah. as very capable but then also on the flip side actually showing that men can be vulnerable yeah. as well. Exactly. And, and there you've got kind of Morgan Freeman's character who's kind of, he, he's kind of just already, nobody sees that physical strength in him and yeah. he came to accept and he kind of wants to support other people but Mm. when the moment comes he's going to stand up and he's going to defend the right person because at no point does he look down on danger no no never you know he's always supporting him yeah the same way he doesn't with maggie the hilarious the hilarious fan character okay she literally is like she is like a fish out of water or what appears to be a fish out of water in that environment in that Mm. movie and at the same time there's just He's accepting of both her and danger, even though when you just, if you were just to be a person in that gym and you scoped it, you'd be like, well, what the fuck are these people doing? Like, you just, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think twice about them, but he's thinking twice about them as opposed to anybody else. So, yeah, that's interesting. And I really liked the way that that kind of philosophy almost of boxing came Mm. in. Yeah. Um, I thought that was quite interesting. I read a really interesting thing the other day. It was about concussion. Oh, yeah. But how, um... What the so, mo- wait the movie or the actual no no like... the actual phenomenon oh like, okay of yeah, yeah, yeah. your brain yeah um and how um so boxing actually they found an increase in injuries when uh, people were wearing helmets because it gave them a false sense of security mm-hmm. so a false bravado and actually when you take away that helmet you're kind of safer because you're protecting yourself more and obviously that's a theme for Maggie throughout the film is you know that's the lesson that she keeps not learning and I think that's a lesson that she doesn't learn in her, like, relationships in her life, so that relationship with her mother and siblings, yeah. she's not protecting herself. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's not protecting herself, protecting the head, protecting the heart. She's not. And she kind of really learns that heart. And even after the accident, mm. you know, she's still not protecting herself because she turned away. She didn't protect... She stopped yeah. protecting herself. Exactly. And she was, she's always struggling with that strength and that, oh, no, I don't need to protect myself. That's, that's the and key, And it's only though. when she's, like, lying there in the bed... Mm that she's like, no, I'm going to stand up and protect myself. Yeah. And obviously she can't actually stand up. She's going to stand up and No, protect no, herself. but yeah, she makes that choice though, doesn't she? Especially mm. like when, um, so spoiler alert, if you've not seen it. Oh, come on, 2003. <laughs> I know, like... well, 2004, but <laughs> like... <laughs> 15 years. If I you've know. not seen it yet, just... <laughs> to be fair though, we haven't seen it, so... I know, but, you know... Yeah, if somebody had given me a spoiler, I'd be like, well, it's 15 years, you know, I, know. I could have seen it before then. So true. <laughs> yeah, but basically like, so was it when her... Like, her family doesn't really support her whole boxing situation. I thought, wow, okay, you can see... And yet she's providing for them and all this kind of stuff, and she's really, like, trying to be there to be... Mm. She's basically the adult in the situation of her family. They're not really supporting themselves. They're not trying it in any way, Well, no, her mum's first thing when um when maggie gives the she's like oh no like it's like how am i gonna claim my benefit yeah um when they see that i've got this yeah and it's just like 
yeah, <laughs> mm. continue defrauding the state. Why not? But, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's that kind of laziness. Meanwhile, this person's actually making something of themselves and they kind of... And she works they... as a waitress earning, you know, literal dimes. You see her mm. count them out. And when yeah. she pays for some of her equipment, that, that I think that scene really struck home. It's like when she's paying for the stuff and she literally puts the change down. Reminds me of like, I once paid a bus fare. It was like £4 something like that. And I paid it in 5p's. Yeah. And the guy just looked at me like, are you serious? And I'm like, look, I just need to go to work. <laughs> and it's like, that it's that it's that literally a relatable kind of character in the sense of like it really is grounded yeah. in the reality of having no money yeah. like i remember at uni like i think it was the last uni actually um during my masters i remember to i rang a friend uh who actually used to work um at the bookstop mm. the bookshop mm. that i used to work in and um she's like oh you know how's it going i was like oh it's good she's, i was like i can't afford to do my laundry though She's just like, what the hell do you mean you can't afford to do your laundry? I was like, I was literally doing my laundry in my tiny shower cubicle in my uni halls because I couldn't afford anything else. Like, I couldn't afford to take it all the way to the laundry shop or all that kind of stuff. And it's and it's that kind of... What I like about films that really do show sometimes, like... It's not like I was poor in the sense of, like, I was about to be homeless or anything like that. Like, it's not that extreme. I'm not saying that. But I feel like if anybody is... A majority of people at one point or another have experienced some kind of financial situation and it's nice to see on film actually somebody showing you a realistic situation Mm. of working really hard for something that you're really passionate about and really like the joy on her face when she's handing over all that change to this person when she's buying this kind of equipment it's just something so relatable that and also the the perfect performance she doesn't really say anything in that scene but it's a it's a brilliant performance just from her expressions Mm. alone just the joy Mm. it's great but yeah, sorry, I was taken away from your... No, no, I was just thinking, that, that moment as well, when, when you were saying about experience that, do you remember when I uh, I went overdrawn in my bank account because I bought a £1 chocolate bar? Like, oh, God, yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. And that was like a really... It's a heart-pounding and yet really it's like, depressing... Is yeah. Yeah, it's that like, really horrible moment of, wow, like, my my life at this point is not as yeah. wonderful as I was hoping it was going to be. And but... I think... I I think she she does that really well and yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. yeah, but also I mean physically what she changed into was oh it's terrifying. Quite... <laughs> yeah, but it's quite phenomenal that she made that that change. Know, like it. in this movie, like obviously Maggie is uh, she's she's an amateur boxer, isn't she? So yeah. she's going through. She she wants obviously Clint Eastwood's character Frankie to train to, her. to train her so she can get into the big leads yeah. and actually start making some money Million and, dollars. A, and yeah exactly <laughs> and morgan freeman's character eddie is the one who actually kind of spots the potential and kind of hopefully tries to kind of yeah in a way form the so not form the partnership but kind of push them towards each other clint's really. character keeps saying no yeah and, and morgan freeman's and morgan like freeman's i'll just, just keep like, letting her in oh, i know better <laughs> uh so yeah keeps but then he's 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 experienced that he's had that you know that rise and then fall mm. and i think you know he's come to terms with it or is coming to terms with it and yeah. kind of through maggie kind of goes no 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 she she's got a fight in her you know you you've got to give her a chance yeah and so it's kind of they really do wear clint down you know yeah, they to, do. to the point where he's like fine i'll take you on it's so spite be- it's, almost it's, like, so, it's so begrudging isn't it yeah. and yeah at the same time there's he's something like, you don't know what you're doing i'll have to do it for you yeah there's, <laughs> there's something about clint eastwood even though he's this manly man from all these like classic movies obviously mm. like all, the, all of his like um was it the cowboy and the what uh, the western good, bad, movies. And the ugly all of those yeah, yeah spaghetti westerns exactly like he's such a man's man and it's so interesting to see him paired off with this woman who in a way is not not scared of him 
and at, no. and, and at the same time it's I don't know it's, it's something really beautiful about the relationship during the movie and like we were discussing before it's that whole idea of his character he's uh, the writing is beautiful in the sense of they the characters mirror each other in sense of what they want or what they need mm. which is that she's looking for a father figure because her family obviously her father's she's gone she's lost her father who was you know somebody she was close to and who really got her mm. and meanwhile you got her kind of ungrateful family essentially you know and who's not being very supportive of her mm. and then meanwhile you've got you know clint eastwood's character who writes a letter every day to his daughter but gets nothing back mm. and you never really find out why there's tension there but obviously at the same time you can see just from those two aspects of the fact of she's looking for a father figure he's looking to connect mm. with a daughter and there's this beautiful symmetry between the characters and what they find in each other. And okay, boxing pulls them together. But like what you said, the second half of the movie isn't a boxing movie no, it's not, at, all. at all. At all. It's a relationship, really. Yeah. And that's... And it, it almost, in, in that essence, it is that father... Because the name he gives it, Mokushla, like he gives yeah. her that quite early on. He does, actually, yeah. Which I think reveals a lot about mm. what he's already feeling. But you don't... We don't learn that. She doesn't learn that until, like, right at the end. I know. Where they... suddenly you're like, oh, you've loved her all along? Oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, you know, because it is my darling, it's that term of affection. It's yeah. like, did you once call your daughter that? But that kind of last bit, that kind of, that relationship, caring for a sick child, you know, mm. that's what he's doing. Yeah. And, and you know, she's both equal parts grateful and ungrateful. Yeah. Um, But that's because she needs to metaphorically learn to stand up for herself finally despite you know being this amazing strong boxer she's actually now got to stand up and fight yeah it's interesting that you mentioned the fact that she doesn't protect herself in her relationships as well as in the ring because i never really thought about that in the sense of that's again that's writing she puts herself right out there straight away for clint yeah straight away yeah she's putting herself out there sorry i don't no, no, it's fine. That's fine. You can tap the table. I've had cars going by and things whistle before, so it's fine. Oh, yeah, you missed the uh, wolf whistle earlier. Oh, yeah, we had the wolf whistle. Just before. Somebody's clearly wolf whistling, like, outside my room. Not at me, just to clarify, because the, the drapes are closed. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they were whistling for, I hope they got it, but oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. It happens on our neighbourhood. No, so, yeah, so I take it from... Obviously, you chose the film. I enjoyed it. I did. I enjoyed it. I, I, I like like what you said. I wasn't expecting the ending. Well, how do you feel about the ending? Because, it's, again, it's a great kind of... It's a very interesting question. And it's still a... It's a big it, debate. It, it, it's a huge debate, even now. And, you know, the idea of whether you should be allowed to end your own life and whether that should be something that is in your control. So this is obviously See, like, you know... Yeah, it's a very touchy subject. It's a very touchy could, subject. And I, yeah. I could very easily get very touchy about it. Mm. But I've I've learned through mm. personal circumstance that, you know, for me, I drew the opinion that, you know, there there's a certain amount, like we were saying earlier, there's a certain amount of free will, yeah. but you're always going to stop at a certain station. Okay? Yeah. You're always going to stop at a certain station. So I almost believe in this kind of sense of determinism. And actually doing philosophy at A-level helped me deal with a lot of grief mm-hmm. um, in understanding kind of determinism or free will, which was more comforting. Yeah. And I kind of believe in a duality of them. And I think in that moment, that's where your right to die, your kind of bodily autonomy, you know, I, I believe in everyone's right to choose what to do with their body, you mm-hmm. know, whether you tattoo it, whether you pierce it choose to be pregnant, you know, choose to not be pregnant, mm-hmm. choose to change it entirely, you know, or, um, and that should extend to choosing to 
you know, die. Mm. And I think it's really unfair that people who physically have kind of had that autonomy removed through no fault of their own Mm -hmm. should then have to forfeit the right to do that. And I think it's, I think it's really horrible. You know, I'm not actively encouraging anyone out there to die. No, no. But but like what you're saying is the choice in a way should be. And just because you're disabled or because, um, you know, for whatever reasons. And the thing is as well, that people will find a way like Maggie, she was, bloody determined and mm. that was and that there are moments in the film where i was absolutely horrified mm. by the level of kind of i suppose violence but it wasn't even the violence it's the fact that it was so real and i i think that's almost clint eastwood's directing is that he doesn't shy away from that moment yeah okay there's not gonna you know he's gonna he's not gonna make it overly gruesome like a quentin tarantino you know it's not gonna yeah. be spraying everywhere no, or anything not, like it's, that it's it's, yeah. it's more it's the horror of you can't look away because it really does look like somebody's just punched you in the face and your bro- nose is broken yeah exactly and I, like don't, the moment with the cotton buds <laughs> i almost vomited and like i was like Blah. and the same in the hospital bed oh god yeah i you know and that's what i think as well it's like if someone's determined they're gonna find a way yeah okay they're gonna find a way and why should you put, you know, Maggie through that suffering to find her own way mm-hmm. when it could be painless it could be, of it her could be at peace yeah. and, you know, and I think it's a really difficult thing and I understand that some people don't accept that and if you're listening and you don't accept that, that's cool, you know, feel free to disagree with well, me. Well, yeah, this, but... is, this, is the, well, this is the debate, isn't it? Like, I mean, it's still, I think, I don't think, like, I don't think in a hundred years' time we'll, uh, we'll have a definitive answer. No. I just, at the end of the day, it's just the fact of what's interesting is having content like this mm. where you, not only do you see a female character who goes into a very masculine environment mm-hmm. and proves her worth and it's kind of over and over again she over, and over. It over and over yeah again. defining herself and and really surprising expectations in all all mm. areas which is really um which really interesting kind of reminds me of the, there's this female boxer isn't it oh god what's her name i can't remember her name Are you mean the british born boxer from sheffield is nicola the, adams uh, there's there's nicola adams but there's also there's the american one wasn't it? the the bruce i don't know it's going to come back to me another time, clearly. Oh, okay. But no, there's like... Because female boxing has been something... Especially with the Olympics, the past two Olympics, yeah. has finally started to come out, which is really, mm. really awesome that it's getting the attention. Have you heard Nicola Adams' story of how she got into boxing? Which I just think is brilliant. She no. did it to impress a guy. <laughs> she did it to impress a guy. <laughs> it might have, been, might have been a person that she was more oh. about to go into. I can't remember the details of that bit, but she did it to impress someone. And then that person didn't want to date her. But then she was just really good at boxing, so she continued. I'm like, that's so awesome. It doesn't matter how you get into a sport. Mm, like, yeah. if you find a love of it, yeah. then you go, girl, and you get an Olympic medal. You well, know? i tell you what I really like about sport movies is I really love the fact... Well, in movies in general, films in general, what I love is that you go into a theatre for like an hour and a half, maybe two hours, and you're taken somewhere else, mm. whether it's realistic or fantasy. But it's just that thing of like, for example, like when I go see a movie, like if it's a sports movie, I come out thinking to myself, I could give that a go. And it's that wonderful thing of suddenly you've gone to see something that maybe like in a million years, I probably wouldn't have thought of like, Mm. I would never have thought of, oh, maybe I'll take up boxing. But like when I was a teenager, my mum showed me Kitboxer with, um, what is it, it Van Damme? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Van Damme. Um, And basically... This, I mean, it's a, it's a very simple story, right? But, like, it's, I think it's Jean-Claude Van Damme, who obviously was an icon in the 80s. 
and my mum watched this movie. He's an icon now. Have you I ever know. seen the cause oh, of the advert? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, how could I forget? I'm so sorry. But like, you know, I watched this movie and it was kickboxing and it was quite, I mean, some of the storyline is a bit adult. I think for the time I was watching, it was probably a bit too adult. But I remember when I, after I watched it, like, because I think we got on cine, like DVD or whatever it was. And I was just like, oh yeah, I'd like to give that a go. And then I did kickboxing for two and a half years. Something that I would never have normally, Mm. like, considered. And then suddenly, just because a movie brought up, you know, a different type of thing that made it look, I suppose it made it look cool. (laughs) But there's that thing, isn't it, of just having a good storyline, interesting characters in a way, and then adding that kind of subject matter of boxing. But also sport in itself, I find, can be such... A wonderful inspiration mm. in general well you have great you know everyone loves an underdog story and where do you get underdog stories in sports, if not in sport? yeah like come on everyone, i mean everyone uh, loves the mighty ducks exactly the mighty ducks uh, <laughs> see i was thinking of um oh my god it's the uh cool runnings oh cool yeah oh yeah i love that movie it's so good because in the end they don't win but it's no. such a, a such a brilliant sport movie but th- th- i think that's what i also really love about mm. almost all sports movies is that there is that philosophy mm. And that really runs through, you know, good sportsman-like conduct, you know, fair play and all of these things. And that is, you know, that is in there. Okay, so the other girl didn't play fair. Oh, God, no. No, Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, but basically... That's when when Clint didn't want Maggie to fight her and all of these things. But, like, so, yeah, in Million Dollar Baby, the, yeah, the, the main thing, obviously, that causes the the change halfway through the movie mm. is obviously this terrible accident well it's not really an accident it's an incident really oh, in yeah. the ring that the other fighter Red takes card f- off there you know Hell yeah the other fighter takes full advantage of the fact that her defense is down and she thinks you know and the it, whistle's it, been blown yeah it's but been it's, blown but it's know. but she takes the shot and unfortunately maggie pays the price yeah. for not paying attention um but yeah it, i do yeah i completely get what you think about sports movies in the sense of it's that idea of it's not the idea of winning. Like everybody likes to win. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, a sports movie to me that is is it's something bigger. It's something bigger. It's something where you either are pushed to your limits or you never fought before, and and to me that's always interesting. But then it's always that thing of as well, like you said, like the idea of good sportsmanship. Mm. Like the end of Cool Runnings, they lose yeah. tragically, but, but they respects them. But they stand up. Yeah. They walk that bobsled yeah. down the last few meters. Yeah. And everybody yeah. stops and pays attention to just how focused it? and beautiful yeah. that moment is. It's just like the I best love games that. of rugby that I ever played were the ones where we we were losing, mm. like, and we were playing far better teams than we were. <laughs> like, you know, we were playing like a cup. No, what was it? The first stage of a cup match. We travelled like two and a half hours this bloody match by Liverpool. Yeah, and um, and we were playing on horrible astroturf, which was like. You know, proper screw. You know, oh, I, the God. burns I had down my legs were awful. I was rolling my socks up so they were like over, like like knee thigh high socks kind of thing, <laughs> just so I didn't have to like you know touch the ground mm-hmm. with my bare skin. But when that match ended, it was beautiful, sunny. We'd played our hearts out. We yeah. were cartwheeling across the pitch, like literally me and my friend were cartwheeling across the pitch. Yeah. And like, there's another match where we again we were playing you know a team from Sheffield, far better than we were. They were literally scoring points on points on us. We were just outmatched 
completely. Yeah. And yet we did not give up. We mm. hit every point of contact and then we were chasing. And I just remember chasing down this number 15 who was scoring another track and chasing <laughs> it down. And my legs were jelly. And I felt like I was running through treacle. And I honestly, I was going as fast as I physically could and I was nowhere near her. Oh. But I didn't stop. Mm. And afterwards, I had the satisfaction, okay? I played the best I could. Yeah, mm. they were better than us. Like when we watched... um. The Hockey World Cup last summer. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. And we were watching England versus the Netherlands, the who Netherlands. went on to win. Yeah. And we don't really know enough about hockey to be watching it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I must admit, like... When they got rid of the goalie, we were like, what? Yeah. What? There was like, a moment where I just looked at you like, why has that happened? Yeah. Like, yeah. But at the same time, it was like, it wasn't like we were outplayed... Like, yes, we were outplayed because obviously we lost. Like, but England lost. We but however, well, we played... We just played better. Yeah, like, exactly. And everyone had played their hearts out. Mm. So you couldn't really be sad. It's like every time Scotland... The Scotland men play, like, an international match. Every mm-hmm. time they play, they play with their hearts. Yeah. You know, they lose. But, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know? And I've literally felt that. I've been in Murrayfield where everyone, you know, right up until the last whistle, like, cheering. And then Scotland lose to Australia by, like, one point. Mm. And everyone's just like, okay, let's go to the pub. Yeah. Everyone did their best. Yeah. You know, exactly. and and I think sports films kind of they get that across. So like this yeah. got it across, okay? It's like, yeah, terrible thing to happen, but actually it's about the spirit, you know. So the whole subplot with danger. Yeah. That is absolutely the philosophy oh, of yeah. philosophy of sport, the philosophy of rugby, mm-hmm. you know. Rugby, boxing. Um yeah, but all um, of them. Was it? It's um so danger is this kind of a skinny guy in the in the main boxing gym, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And he's kind of like he's, he fights he, no one he and fights he doesn't nobody. even punch a bag. He's punching yeah, the air. Yeah. And he talks he kind of does like you know, it's like, Oh yeah, danger for the win, you know. Yeah, he does a lot of talk, to, to, not a lot of action to But he's hurting no one. He's no. he's like a puppy. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And he's, he's played. He's played by an actor actually that I was surprised to see because uh, I think it's uh, yeah. Jay Burchell. I think. Yeah. Something like that. I've um, seen him in lots of things. But I've seen him in loads of comedies. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting it's him. Quite a serious film to be in. in but he's the comic movie. relief almost. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. He Although, is. Yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. Except when I tell you what though, his subplot is really kind of beautiful in the sense of it's this. Yes, it's that underdog. But then it's also showing you, again, that kind of other side of masculinity in the sense mm. of you've got, you know, Anthony Mackie's character who's, yes, he's all talk, but he's also, he is all, he's he's built like he's the way that he's... He's physically strong, but kind of almost for the wrong, he's, he's, he's fighting for the wrong reasons. Yeah. He's fighting to be like, look, I can fight, look, yeah, I can punch exactly. you. exactly. And then you've got danger, he's like, you can, you can you just know, tell wanting to be that yeah. guy. The character's intentions yeah. are... are are just the complete opposite of each other and in a way that's why they have to clash i think the narration for danger is like some fighters fight with their heart or it's so there's yeah. something about being like um heart over mind or heart over strength mm-hmm. and then when it comes to danger he's just all heart yeah and it and it's kind of like yeah but what's the bad thing about that yeah and that kind of and i think the film asks that question as well because you know maggie struggles with that yeah and clint struggles with that and that's what he doesn't want to take her on and all mm-hmm. of these things but you know danger is ask. you know he prompts you to you and you know the narration to mm-hmm. ask that question like what's the wrong with being all heart yeah and okay yeah it gets the you know, crap being out of you by Anthony Mackie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I suppose though was yeah. I mean, that is. I must admit, I what's really heartbreaking about that scene is 
I saw it coming a mile oh, off. God. And at the same yeah. time I saw it coming a mile off, I was like, oh my God, I'm not ready for it. No. Because he's I'm... such an adorable character. And I thought, oh, please don't be doing this to it's this character. It's kind of being up a puppy. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, please don't do this. But I was really lovely. It was a lovely surprise at the end of the movie when he's coming back and he yeah. says to Morgan Freeman's character. Morgan Freeman's character, obviously, Eddie you know, when he's being beaten up, stands up for him and, and he, stops it and, you know... And he's had a big speech about how everybody has a certain amount of fights in their life. Yeah. And, you know, he's obviously taken a step back from boxing and mm-hmm. is kind of around it all of, all of his day, every day. He yeah. sleeps there. He literally eats, sleeps and breathes boxing. Yeah. The temptation to get back in that ring yeah. must be unreal, like, as a character. But actually, I, I almost don't think it is. He's Do you know? got, I think he's got no reason to fight anymore and that's why he supports Maggie. That's why he supports Danger. Yeah. So that moment he's he's kind of everybody's dad but yeah you know, in, the, you in the kind of quiet and he's like, like a really caring granddad or something yeah um and so that moment when suddenly he realizes that someone's taken advantage of him to take advantage of someone else it's like no no that's my puppy yeah you know i you know and that's exactly. when he goes right maybe i've got another fight in me and he, it's not even a fight no, no, it's, it's over in seconds. <laughs> it's literally Morgan Freeman's character just lands this one spectacular punch and Anthony Mackie is down for the count. And it's, I tell you what, it's such a spectacular scene to see a bully basically be, mm. just basically met their match. Like, I feel like at the end of the day, bullies, unfortunately, like we said earlier, like Anthony Mackie's character is insecure in a different masculine way than mm. maybe Danger is insecure in a very different masculine mm. way. And it's just that, that, uh, that in itself is interesting to have in one gym where I mean that's going to happen anyway but so much about masculinity especially now as well in the news like that toxic masculinity mm. and all this kind of stuff is I think coming Anthony out Mac- Anthony Mackie's character is definitely toxic masculinity definitely and it's that it's that brilliant kind of touchstone of well this is what we encounter a lot and mm. then you have danger who is often you know you can encounter that a lot in your life as well but it's just that thing of and danger is the victim of toxic masculinity yeah he's, exactly he's trying to get there he's trying to perform it but kind of because he thinks that what he should be and actually he's not and he needs to learn to embrace that yeah and, and that's unfortunately that that's what the beating and then his kind of subsequent disappearance and return i yeah. think that's that's the lesson that he learns yeah you know exactly and, it's that, that's, that he does he comes back to morgan freeman's character doesn't he and say i yeah. think i've got another fight in me yeah. and i'm like that's a brilliant it's a brilliant way of having a very sensitive character come back and be like, actually, I'm not done. I mean, he's Steve Rogers at the beginning of Captain America, basically. <laughs> yeah, in a way, yeah. <laughs> like, he is. Oh, yeah. I never thought about it like that. <laughs> he's been beaten up, you know, and that and that's exactly, you know, the origin story of Captain America. It's just yeah, like, no, why, he is. Why give a powerful man, you know, more power? Yeah. You know, he doesn't know the value of it. Why would you Why would you turn Anthony Mackie's boxer into Captain America? You wouldn't. You'd turn Danger into Captain yeah, America. Yeah, exactly. Because that's like, in Captain America, it's that um, Stanley Tucci's character, mm. who is the scientist, who's making the decision on who gets the serum. Because, yeah. uh, what is it? You've got Tom Lee's character going like, I want so-and-so. Yeah, so, yeah, that because big, like, I want fucking that... Abercrombie and Fitch model. Yeah, yeah. I, I want that big, I want that big <laughs> yeah. brute to have it. And then he's like, well, no, because he's a bully. Mm. And he's going to use the power that I give him as a bully. Like, yeah going to give this he to somebody. He doesn't know the responsibility of it. Yeah, exactly. And again, uh, that's too in Captain America. I know we're going off subject a little bit, but Captain America is, that's another look at masculinity in a very mm. different way as well. Okay, it's comic books. Okay, it's World War Two. But having said that, though, 
I think to show different aspects of masculinity is very important, mm. especially if you think that, you know, most movies are made by men still, unfortunately. Mm. Um, like, I mean... This, any... this one in point, Clint Eastwood? Yeah, Clint Eastwood, you know, directed this. Uh, Hilary Swank did get the Oscar, it's her second Oscar. I mean, but that still shows you, though, it's just that thing of you're still getting the perspective of a man on screen. Mm. And it's like, that's all well and good, but it it's nice now that now it's starting to be like... Even Clint Eastwood was very aware, I think, making this movie, that he had to show all different aspects of mm. what it meant to be a man. Mm. And it's like... And at the same time, he's putting a female in this very masculine mm. environment and showing you how she is still able to be herself mm. in this masculine environment. Okay, she does put on... She bulks up, she does do 19 physical... 19 pounds of muscle. 19 yeah. pounds of muscle. Exactly. Just... Like, okay, she bulks up. Okay, she looks the part. Okay, you know, she is doing this incredible, dangerous sport. Mm. Having said that, though, when you take her out of the ring and you're still having these lovely... Oh, the lemon pie. The lovely, oh. the, the lovely moments with yeah. them, whether it's in the cafe or when he's defending her against her parents or whatever mm. it may... or Not the parents, the family... Uh, or he sees how the way they treat her. It's just that thing of showing you the female condition in this very extreme masculine environment, but then also taking it back to reality mm. and showing you femininity in mm. this other aspect as well. The fact that she still is a woman, she's not given up no. being a female just because she's decided to become a boxer. Mm. And this is the thing that I feel like Clint Eastwood, without whether he did it deliberately or not, it was good that he had all these very different characters showing many different aspects of what it meant to be a man, what it meant to be a woman. So it's, I think yeah. I think like Danger, Maggie's character has an awful lot of strength before she ever steps into the ring and actually fights someone. Mm. And that's because she's working day and night, she's saving everything. She's practically, you know, she steals the meat off, left on someone's plate to yeah. take home and eat, you yeah. know. And all of these things, and she's there all the time, you know, she's saving up, she, you know, she spends every nickel she can on the equipment and everything like that. And that's that's the real strength, you know. It's That's that kind of hard, kind of inner it's, strength. It's and that... that's, you know, when Danger decides to return to the gym, that's that inner strength that he's sharing okay you might never throw a punch in your life or you could throw a thousand like maggie yeah but there's an inner strength it's that it's that it's that hard work and graft and Mm. more more importantly is all sacrifice it's that Mm. sacrifice but belief as well and yeah completely it's that belief of i will do it i will i I, i'm gonna aim for this one goal and it's it's gonna be mine Mm. wholly mine that's Mm. that's what's brilliant about that i think the main character and also that's what's brilliant at the end when it's a very different movie and she's still that determined character Mm. in in a way she's that stubborn character of i'm still gonna do things my way despite the fact i can't move my legs like i'm sorry she can't move anything can she no no she, she can't is it just a face it's just a face, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it's from the neck down because that's the like moment of trauma. Oh, that scene when she goes oh, down, like blah, it's slow motion. Blah. It's the most. <laughs> I literally was like a little bit like how you said like you almost threw up and. Oh uh, no! I, I almost seen... threw up again. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally just like, oh god. There were there's like that. three moments. So the <clears throat> cotton buds up the nose. Oh god! Yeah, that was really the, grim. The, the neck moment. Oh yep. And the biting the tongue. Mm. <laughs> All those three moments. I was like, oh God, because cause Clint Eastwood literally does not shy away from showing mm. it. 
and I'm like, I don't need to, you know, I'm too, I'm too used yeah. to these like kind of slightly softer films where, you know, like in, like in the kind of romantic comedies, it's like, oh, they kiss, now we're going to pan over here <laughs> and we just let you infer what happened. I would have liked to have inferred mm. what happened when Head and Stool were making a kind of kind of connection or what happened when, you know, yeah. I could see that she was trying to bite her tongue. I did not need to... You know, <laughs> but But he's showing that and it's almost, it's kind of... Like with the prompting, the kind of philosophical question of like right to die or anything mm-hmm. like that, I think he's kind of prompting. It's like no, you will not look away. Yeah, you will look at this. Yeah, you know, like like in like you know with that Jurassic World scene that made us both cry. It was oh, like, God, could yeah. you please pan away from the dinosaur dying? Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's too yeah, much. Yeah, Jurassic World. I mean, it, it was. I mean that. I mean the last Jurassic World. I mean we had many things to say. <laughs> oh yeah, that. yeah, we we were. We'd have, a whole to, <laughs> we'd have to do a different podcast. But, but, but yeah, no, it's, being it's that forced thing. to just look, and mm. it's like I want to. And you know, I remember saying afterwards, I was like, I want to look away, but yeah. I can't look. You know, and and Clint Eastwood forces you to look in the same way that he's forcing you to go. Yeah. You know, do I? Because um, his own character goes in search of advice about whether or not to. You know, yeah, whether you know, or not to right help to die, her, you know, and yeah, 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 and goes to the priest, and the priest gives a very priestly answer, mm. um, which I'm like, that was the moment where I was like, this is very American, you know, this is very like God, um, yeah, and it's, and it's not my personal standpoint on the world, mm, yeah, um, so it was kind of a bit, but I could I could appreciate it because obviously that's that it, that shows the vulnerability, you know, in Clint mm. Eastwood's character that he's he's going to a man of God to kind of yeah know, to get his to to get some sign to get a sign really of what yeah. to do i mean well practical application of religious th- philosophy basically it's yeah, just like well you know i'm meant to believe in all of these tenets but here's my friend suffering mm. this feels wrong you know yeah. what do i do yeah exactly yeah mm. it's like a surrogate daughter basically mm. like you can't bear right. it yeah. at the same time it's, it's like it's that conundrum for the characters and obviously he doesn't want her to go because obviously he has that connection to her and then at the same time, it's that thing of, well, he knows it's it's not much of a life yeah. to, for her to stick around. Yeah. And to have that weight put onto his shoulders. I mean, I do feel in a way at the end of the movie, like Maggie, in a way, it's kind of horrible what she asks him. And then at the oh. same time, I can see why she asks it. But at the same that's an incredible request. That's an incredible... That's an incredible weight to put on somebody. You need to play Life is Strange. No, I do, yeah. You do. I do. You do. Decision making. Yeah. yeah, I know I do. And do you rewind or do you not rewind? But, yeah. You know. Well, like we were saying earlier about that video game, you were saying like how it shows you the consequences of oh, yeah. your decisions. So and again, you can't look away. Yeah, <laughs> you have to play the map. Yeah, that's essentially like kind of what you were saying about Clint Eastwood, where it's he's he's going to show you the punch, he's going to show yeah. you the hurt, and he's going to show you the pain. because He doesn't at, shy away. At the end of the day, though, those the things like like if he did pan the camera away we wouldn't be talking about no them. it'd and be also, less of a movie yeah I, I don't think it'd have the same impact for no, sure not at all so so i mean obviously i enjoyed the movie but like i'm assuming you did from what yeah. you said <laughs> so i mean how would you rate it you're the guest um oh well as per your rating mm-hmm. scale Oh, oh yeah, that's the word. Yeah. Um, I would definitely pay a cinema ticket for this. You'd like, pay- if this came out now, I'd be like, Amy, do you want to go see it? Yeah, nice. <laughs> like- yeah. It's interesting, though, isn't it? Like, a film that came out 15 years ago and all the subject matters in it, like masculinity, toxic or not, mm. um, femininity, and also... She's a very hilarious thing, because she won the Oscar for this, and she won the uh, yes, won an Oscar she... for Boys Don't Cry, which, again, masculinity, yeah. toxic masculinity, feminine... Yeah, you know, exactly. She's, yeah... She, she was, shy she was, away from the uh, no, hard I, things and she wins for it as well. She, she, she does, yeah, she delivers for sure. She definitely has 
like this movie, even though it was fifteen years ago, it still has its finger on the pulse of what mm. people are talking about it's, even now. It's got a timeless aspect as well. Mm. But, you know, because people will always ask that question of sport and particularly sports like boxing, you know, yeah. they're always asking those questions. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, we're still debating a right to die, assisted suicide, you know, countries yeah. all over the world are still debating those aspects. But also as well, like with toxic masculinity yeah. coming up more and more mm. as well. And then obviously this whole idea of that moment we've got obviously the um was it um the movement in hollywood at the moment me too me too and all that kind of stuff like all this stuff that is coming out and continuously bubbling up bubbling Mm. over and i feel like social media obviously is helping with some of this yeah and unfortunately sometimes like any tool oh it's a yeah it's a a double-edged sword where it's always gonna unfortunately go back and forth it's helping the fight against the movement whilst mm. actually being part of the problem. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. it's help spreading the problem. You yeah. Know, with you know, Instagram's come under influence. Uh, I'm under attack. Yeah. For uh, how it helps spread negative influences. Yeah, um, exactly. And all the algorithms that you know yeah. force you to only see certain feeds, yeah. or uh, certain things that come up on your on your social media. It's quite. Yeah. It's quite. Unfortunately, it's quite a uh, a scary idea of how far it's come in terms of social media and oh, yeah. all these aspects of what it means to be male, what it means to be female. But then all these other subjects... I spend a lot of my time in. now uh, browsing in um, private browsing. Private oh, tests, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, to not have the cookies. And yeah. yeah, okay, I don't see targeted adverts, but at the same time, I'm just like, sometimes I don't want to see a targeted advert or, you know, yeah. it's like I might have looked at something and then actually it will have... You know, it, it might have ended up leading me to a negative space. So I'm not, I'm not going to want to see an advert, you know. I'm not going to want to see all of these, like, adverts for this amazing thing because actually I can't do the amazing thing and now you're making me feel bad constantly <laughs> about not being able to do the amazing thing. It's okay. It's okay, Ali. It's okay. Don't it's worry. It's like, why, Don't worry. why, why would the internet do that? <laughs> but it's a tool. Oh, no. Know. It, yeah, this is the thing. With great power comes great responsibility, exactly. as a wise man once said in a, another, you know, was it? superhero movie remind me to mm. show you a tumblr post which is basically all the uh, really like great philosophical like sayings that just kept spread around the internet and where they actually come from and basically we're all like shit posts on tumblr <laughs> it's great oh my god it's great we're gonna have to look at this like the one where it's just like i will walk you know i will turn i will turn around and walk backwards into hell uh you know that saying actually comes from a tweet about um if if they won't let me make cooing noises to the animals at the zoo, I will turn around and walk backwards into hell. <laughs> and you're just like, what? <laughs> what? You know, all of these, like... I love, I love how the internet can take things out of context completely. I know. Like, I literally, sorry, I saw one of the sayings on this post, and I can't remember where this saying came from, but it was like, mm. the, um, I didn't, I survived because the fire inside me burned brighter than the fire around me. Mm-hmm. And I saw it turned into, like, a, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer gift set, because oh, yeah. obviously there's a lot of fire going on, you know, <laughs> And um, so it was really powerful. And at the same time, I was like, I've now just found out where this saying comes from. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the thing. When I was... So I made so many dutiful notes when I was watching this. For this this podcast. And then I got ill and ruined it all. (laughs) I know. And like, I I I can't remember where they are now. I managed to leave the house. But one of them, I kept writing down like certain quotes or like Mm. some of the Morgan Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman narration. Like really... We've had a couple of ciders, guys. So I'm really sorry. Like if, if the words start to slur by the end of this episode, you'll know why. 
Yeah, so here's the thing. Like, we were talking about narration earlier, actually. This film is narrated. Granted, it's not narrated all the way through. No, which, it's quite sparse. Which is quite And good. it's actually, it's got a purpose as well. Yeah. So some narration doesn't, and you're just like, what? where is this disembodied voice coming from? <laughs> yeah. especially, with, especially with Morgan Freeman, because he and literally has played God. Yes. <laughs> he True. literally played God in, like, Bruce Almighty. Yeah. So it does make me laugh that he's sometimes so And he's many played, narrations. like, two presidents as well. Oh, God, um, yeah. But um, <clears> it's, it's actually in... in in a literary term, it's epistolary. So it's, oh, okay. it's framed in the narrative of letter writing. So it's like Frankenstein. Yes. So Frankenstein, the narrative... Like, it's, it's, it's letter is, form, isn't it? The... It's a letter being written to someone else who found a letter mm-hmm. in which in it recounted the story which was being told to someone. Right. So Victor Frankenstein told the sea captain a story of what happened to him. And in Victor Frankenstein's story, he retells the monster telling him the monster story. Right. So it's like, it's a story within a story, which is being told to someone else, who then writes it down in a letter to someone else, who then sends this letter on to someone else. And actually, the (laughs) two framed letters are with two women. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just like, it's just great. But... Morgan Freeman's narration in this film mm. is the same way. It's a letter to it's, it's, Clint Eastwood's character's daughter. Yes, that's right. To Frankie's about daughter. About Clint Eastwood and Maggie. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically like, oh, I don't know where he is now, but he actually did something with his life. Okay, so he could... And I think that's the kind of message of the letter. I know he couldn't be there for you. Yeah, but he was there for this yeah. person. Yeah. No, it, it's that thing of, like, I like... First of all, like I, I do like Morgan Freeman as an actor, but he has done an awful lot of narration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, when the movie started, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit disappointed with the fact that I was like, oh, it's him narrating. I thought, Did you suddenly think you were watching Shawshank Redemption? I literally thought, I was like, <laughs> I literally was like, oh my God, this is not another Shawshank Redemption, please. And, and I mean, no, there's nothing wrong with that movie. It's a great movie. I'm just saying, though, like... I was always taught, especially in my screenwriting degree, that narration is actually quite lazy writing. And in particular with films, obviously, like TV shows even more so, I feel like if the more narration you have in a TV show, sometimes I feel it's really not bad. Like on the sense of, uh, not bad. I'm trying to think of a specific example. But like, I'm not trying to like pinpoint like something specific, but like I'm trying to think of like a really bad movie that's got narration in it. But off the top of my head, I can't think of one. <laughs> um, the side has clearly wiped my memory since. So it's quite effective. That it's that, very it? effective. Yes, we'll be having more shortly. Um, but no, like I was always taught, like if you can avoid narration, do because the whole point of, in particular films, I feel, is that if you're being told things then the cinema is not doing its then, job then the cinema is not doing its job okay the whole point i got told over and over again was show me don't mm. tell me yeah that's what i always got told when i was doing my first degree and it's that thing of when you're being like even if it's just in dialogue mm. like characters walking in and being like this has happened this has happened this has happened it's all exposition and if that's all that characters can give you mm. then it's just lazy writing because mm. you know what's happening next and also I just feel like Morgan Car- like Morgan Freeman's voice is great. It's like David Attenborough's voice. I could listen to it endlessly. But it's just that thing of, like, when it did start the movie, I thought, please don't let this be all the way okay. through. Having said that, though, like what you just said, it is sparse. And it does kind of, in a way, it's like, you know, like two book 
bookshelf mm. kind of endings. It's that kind of thing of he starts the opening of the movie, but he doesn't interrupt the actual no, sequence of events. Yeah. He doesn't in any way take you away from the story midway. I don't feel he did anyway. But then at the end, he just kind of, in a way, just concludes, ends yeah. it, rounds it off. And I was like, okay, the narration in this... Though I don't think it was entirely necessary, I really don't think it was. It was I think, used well. I, I think I think the movie itself, if you minus the narration, would have been perfect, fine. But the narration on either end, it's it's. I I just thought, okay, it's acceptable. It's it still rounds it off. It's still enjoyable. But I just don't. I just don't feel like it was completely necessary. I really don't feel like it was. I suppose because you don't get the relation, you don't get yeah. the full idea of the relationship between. Clint Eastwood's character Frankie and his daughter I suppose maybe that's why it's there and I think but... some of the narration is actually is quite beautiful dialogue oh, yeah. which the rest of the film is actually quite sparse on yeah no that's true so I'm like how would you legitimately give that dialogue to any of the characters because some of it I'm like that's really like so the whole thing about heart yes. and like as a boxer and it's like you know you know yeah, yeah I can't remember the exact words too much silent. it's basically it's um, Morgan Freeman basically saying some it's basically poetry yeah, yeah. it's basically and poetry I, isn't it? about the sport you wouldn't be you wouldn't yeah which i think is kind of all great all great sport films in my opinion are actually quite poetic yes you know no i agree you can't with that. you know invictus is literally named after a freaking poem mm-hmm. kind of thing so you can't get away from poetry i no. think as well and i think everyone gets a bit too down on poetry and i like quite like poetry because <laughs> it's useless um there that's the literature major of me um <laughs> but um I, I i don't legitimately think that you could get any of those in there without that narration no yeah which is, any, is why it's yeah. quite sparse yeah because anywhere else in the film it wouldn't make any it's sense it's so out of character yeah. for any of them which apart is why... from this lovely heartfelt letter yeah. being written by a man who was known Clint Eastwood's character for years yeah and has worked and watched this relationship mm-hmm. and Clint and after after the death Clint Eastwood's gone yeah and it's like you know, yeah. I don't know where he is. So I'm just going to write you this letter. And yeah. be like, maybe your dad is in such a crap heap after all. You yeah. know, yeah. but in much nicer words. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And very poetical. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously can't be poetic after saying <laughs> Well, to be fair, it's like, it's after nine o'clock. You don't have to be poetic. It's, oh, fine. it's fine. Yeah, it's all good. It's yeah. So no, yeah, no, I can, no, I like, I, this is why I like film though. I like that you can have a discussion about it. And also about what worked for you and what didn't. Mm. Like, for me, I feel like the narration personally didn't need to be there. But mm. then, obviously, for you, it worked on another level. I'm not saying that... you can't it... get poetry in the film. No, I know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, I mean, it's a nice touch. It's definitely a nice touch. And there's no better person to give it to than Morgan Freeman, exactly. let's be honest. Yeah. So, I mean, he did his job there. So, yeah, no, we've obviously reviewed this one and you've rated it as you would see in the cinema. I definitely would have seen this in cinema as well. Um, I don't know why. Clearly, I was off doing something else when I was a teenager when this came out. So I've got no leg to stand on as to why I didn't go see it. Um, clearly, you did because you were too young. <laughs> you were too young to see it, weren't you? Um, so yeah. So did this film remind you of any others that you would recommend? I mean, I think you've probably mentioned one or two already. Yeah. So I yeah I've met, you know, obviously mentioned a video game. Yes. Um, and other other elements that have reminded me. Um, mm. But I think, for me, so there's a film on Netflix called Walk, Ride, Rodeo. Yes. It's based on a true story of a young um, barrel racer who... Um, That's pretty cool. 
loses the loses the function of her legs in a horrific car accident, which when you watch it, you're just like, why? Why are you doing that? It's really, it's really frustrating. Like, mum and I were both shouting at the television. Because I watched this. I watched it by myself. Mm-hmm. And then the next night, my mum was like, oh, do you want to watch something? And I was like, yeah, do you want to watch this film? I've totally not watched it. <laughs> so <I was laughs> Wait, so you, you, did, this, you did this thing of like, oh, I've not watched it, but I really want to watch it again yeah. and get somebody else's reaction. <laughs> I like that. I've done I just that. wanted to watch it again. I've done that as well, actually. I've been like, oh, I really want to watch this again, mm-hmm. but I want to see if somebody else has the same yeah. response. So my mum shouted at the same bit. Oh, Really? the paramedics did the thing that I was like no paramedic would ever do that mm-hmm. um, you know have, having been having experienced a suspected spinal injury and th- that treatment that you then get from a paramedic I was just like you would never do that um, <laughs> you've just made it worse you've actually just paralysed they just but, hate um, that though because like I think both me and you work with some we we both have like safety yeah we, uh, we work in life saving roles yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so, so we be. both have safety in mind so now when I watch something on screen I'm now being like that CPR is crap yeah. like <laughs> that person would be dead and then I think you yeah. you've always had that though haven't you from well yeah in terms of like kayaking but and then, then also I suppose like rugby and yeah. then I've received an awful lot of first aid <laughs> 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 and other medical treatment um and that's um, and that's just you know in general like yeah, we're just we're just yeah. saying that you're yeah. are we saying that you're clumsy or or just, I, or just I that you, I do you find things yourself and I like to get hurt doing them well oh, not like to but you know okay. like uh, I broke ribs horse riding mm-hmm. um, by falling over a jump um, mm-hmm. you know uh, broke teeth kayaking which yes. then I ended up needing a root canal for whilst playing rugby um, <laughs> I've had three concussions playing you know I just get hurt mm. um, so see so you put yourself in those situations I feel though by being a very active person yeah whereas with me I just feel like I literally just get into trouble just by walking down the street see, yeah, so I, I'm more of the as both accident prone, I feel. I feel mm-hmm. like yours is more incident where you're actually you're in that environment yeah. already, so the risk not, the risk is there. I just realised I can no longer say that snowboarding is the only sport where I've not hurt myself because I've just sprained my knee. Eight <laughs> 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 weeks, of, no, six weeks of being injured, and I've only just realised that yeah. I've, I've ruined my streak. And, like. and wait, 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 what day? Because obviously the the listeners won't know, but what day did you? The hurt? First day of my snowboarding holiday. In <laughs> fact, the first forty minutes on the piece. <laughs> of my snowboarding holiday. <laughs> I remember Which, if my friend Paul is listening, um yes, I did ignore all of your advice because you told me it would be steeper, you told me it'd be cold in the morning, you told me I shouldn't be cocky on my first day, you shouldn't tell me I shouldn't go all the way up the mountain. I ignored all of that advice and got hurt. I'm really <laughs> sorry. And I've since learned my lesson. Really quite a bit. Because <laughs> it's been really crap being injured. But you came off quite light considering Oh yeah, if I weren't if I hadn't been wearing Paul's knee pads. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Paul for those knee pads. And anyone take up snowboarding, you yeah. should always wear knee pads and bump pads. Because if Cause I had been your wearing knee. knee pads, I would have probably fractured my patella and torn ACL, MCL, and potentially my meniscus as well. Um, as it is, I just really, really badly sprained them. Yes. Yeah. So you're <laughs> very a lucky. A tiny bit of nerve damage. Yeah. You're very lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so shout out to those those wonderful people. Yeah, <laughs> knee, knee pads and pool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, um, see, this is the thing, like, yeah. Sorry, we've gone off sidetracks. But anyway. again, sport movies and, you know, yeah. you know, always listen to your Obi-Wan Kenobi, always listen to your Mr. Miyagi. Uh, I did not. <laughs> 
<laughs> just like Maggie didn't. I paid the price. Yeah, exactly. Just she, like Maggie didn't. She didn't protect her head. And um, yeah, that's yeah. a horrible lesson. It's a horrible they lesson. That one. Yeah. Um, but also, it, it does go to show, like, especially with these movies, like... It is life. Yeah, if I'd have watched Million life. Dollar Baby before I went snowboarding, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't <laughs> I like that. I like that. But also, it is like it is like that thing, isn't it? Of like, um, age is wisdom, isn't it? Like, because yeah. Clint Eastwood's character is a lot older, seen oh, a lot he's, more stuff, he's done a lot of and he knows where the point is exactly. And then you've got this, you know, young person. Okay, they they do mention her age that she's in her thirties, but still she she's is, a rookie. Still she's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Still she's brand new, and yeah. and and it's that kind of thing, isn't it? Of it is that horrible thing of. He is, like you said, he's like that Obi-Wan Kenobi. And unfortunately, lots of... If you if you read a lot, and like you do, <laughs> like you and I do, you read a lot and you understand story and structure and characters yeah. and the way that they're built, uh, in particular in Western um, kind of storytelling, is the idea of you always have that wise person who's mm. been through it all, who tells the young person, you know, don't do this or do this. And unfortunately... It is the young person's job not to listen. That's the problem. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, that's a wonderful note, actually, to kind of end that million-dollar baby thing on. So, yeah, so obviously it was the... What was it called? The ride... Walk, ride, rodeo. Yeah, Walk, that's ride, where we rodeo. started. Yes. So she loses the ability of her legs um, and basically thinks that she'll never ride again. Right. And someone asked her what her goals are, so she says, walk, ride, rodeo. Mm-hmm. Um, and she manages two out of three, um, and it's amazing, and it's absolutely based on a true story. So... The final moment of the film, um, she's barrel racing again, um, and she's had some ups and downs as well because she ends up with a you know uh, not being able to race and then being able to race. Um, so that final moment, she actually sets a record time. So the movie ends, and then immediately comes up is the real life footage of the real life. Nice. You know, uh, a girl I can't remember her name, but the real life barrel racer, um, and then and in that not winning ride because there's still people better than her but she's still barrel racing yeah so she's still barrel racing um and that's amazing and that she's like she did all of her stunts so her and her sister did all the stunts for the movie um, oh yeah and so like whenever it's a close-up shot it's obviously the actress um and it's quite funny because she's actually on a fake horse you can tell <laughs> you can tell when you watch it for the second time so wait wait, wait. watching <laughs> yeah. it just watching it twice you could already tell yeah yeah well because i because i ride as well so there's that kind of like you see the horse and i'm like that's not the way the horse's neck moves when it's like trotting along because it's just in a horse doesn't a horse doesn't move in like one dimension, so there's always a bit of a kind of blur, and you know they always they have hair, yeah, so like exactly, and it just it's just way too static, yeah. Um, so you can the you can tell, like too regular, and you know it's 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 they can never quite replicate it. And I was like, how hard is it really to put a G, like a GoPro on a horse and like. <laughs> Like, really? Like, with all modern technology, like, drones and all of that? And well, you clearly... can't, like, literally stick, like, a headband with a GoPro on it and just, like, film her? No, yeah. Apparently not. Um, so, but... clearly, filmmakers have dropped the ball on that one. But, but... it was awesome. And, obviously, because I watched it twice. And she was, uh, like, the real-life stunt double, which was just, uh, like, it's amazingly inspiring. And mm. I think that's why, like, sport movies just... Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And that's kind of and that's what really connected with me is like strong women and that inner strength as well. Yeah. So, um, like we were saying about that inner strength that uh, Maggie had to have in Million Dollar Baby. Yes, totally. So that inner strength to keep going, you know, this is it, this is your life, this is this is what you want to do. Yeah, she's that, that strength she's... to know it and to keep going. Yeah. She's that the she's that determined person at the beginning and you think it's only yeah. physical. 
But then yeah. by the end of the movie with Million Dollar Baby, then, you know... And, you, and you it's know, the same with Walk Right Radio. She's a determined already. She mm. already wants to... I can't remember the name of the competition, but I think it's the American, and it's, like, mm. the biggest US-based rodeo. And mm. she, she's already thinking about going to that and competing in that. And she's already working towards that when the accident happens. Within, like, nine months, she's already back on that track and at the American. Wow. Like, all of this takes place in less than a year. And it's based on real life. Yeah. Wow. Less than a year. Sick. So wow. she goes from being, like, on the road to basically competing at that high level, mm. has an accident, has a setback, gets there again, then has another setback, then gets there, and then finally, nine months later, she's at the American, where she was meant to be. Yeah, like, all along. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like what you were saying earlier on, isn't it, about, like, the fact that you can make all these decisions, yeah. but at the same time, like... Free life, will, you're going to get to the life, station. Yeah, but... life in a way is in somehow, shape or form, going to put you in certain places yeah. at certain times. It's quite... And maybe that's the saying, yeah. it's it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, because mm. that destination, it's always going to be the destination, but yeah. how you get there. Like, telling you to watch Race Around the World. Yes. For the cost of a plane ticket to Singapore, you could travel by land across the continent yeah yeah exactly well me and you we want to do some adventures anyway don't we yes and i'd like to vlog it and possibly podcast it depending on what happens but like yeah that's for like maybe another year yeah we probably wouldn't be able to sit down on the road and re-record the second (laughs) half like we're doing now we probably we probably wouldn't have that option i feel i feel like it would be that situation of Picking the moments yeah. and being like, okay, we've got to be quick. Yeah, here's 15 minutes of here's what's 15 going minutes. on. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's my life story of yeah. what's happened in the last, like, week. No, yeah, no. So so that's on Netflix, isn't it? The, yes, the Netflix own production. Walk, Ride, Rodeo. Yes. Okay. Absolutely worth a watch, even awesome. if you don't like horses. No, definitely. I think I'll put that onto my watch list. Especially, like, it's a real life story I, mean, I know I, I'm a sucker for a true life story I know. <laughs> me too me too on so many levels do you remember like being in the bookshop we were always like oh, if, we, if we found yeah. something that was true we're always oh, like the travel writing oh or, yeah. yeah yeah all the travel yeah. writing sections or the biographies were always like yeah. oh my god this sounds amazing yeah speaking of right mm. sport film that mum and I watched recently yes um, the guys who climbed the dawn wall um, so so recently there's a new film out about the guy who free climbed it called Free Solo and that's terrifying I've not seen that uh, yeah, but the guy Tommy mean... Caldwell who did the book Push yes he's had an amazing life so this film is also on Netflix okay. um, and it follows him and his climbing partner when they do the first ever climb he maps the route wow and it takes like 10 years of his life Jesus wow that's insane and in that time he like in his in that time during his life like i don't i think he gets married and divorced um um there's there's a lot of other stuff because basically he like got kidnapped in kyrgyzstan by militants (laughs) when he was a teenager (laughs) with the girl that he then married yeah Um, and then there's like basically there's a lot of because he had to make a really horrible decision again really horrible decisions that people get forced into in without circumstances and honestly and it really changed him to kind of be like i would actually do that and it's quite Mm. and to watch him talk about it and to watch um beth the other girl uh what the girl um talk about it as well mm. um but obviously like married divorced um he also loses a finger and he's a professional climber and basically oh. everyone told him that like you'll never climb again um and he 
freaking does. Yeah. You know? um, so and that's that determinism. Don't let anything stop you. So someone's like, you're a climber and you've lost a finger. Huh, you'll never climb again. Well, I'm sorry. He just did the first ever ascent of the Dawn Wall, which is basically unclimbable. Yeah. Like, parts of it are literally just flat. Oh, my gosh. Like, wow. there is nothing. He's basically just like Spider-Man. Um, that's insane and so, then and in the process he learns that it's not about the climb yeah. it's about sharing it with another person so it's that very Alexander Supertramp I don't know if you remember Into the Wild oh yes but yes. He, the final words of his life are recorded in a book where he writes down in the margins of a Walt Whitman book of poetry he writes down in the margins happiness is only real when shared mm, yeah and like you kind of get that i think you get that in sport movies as well it's like it's the victory of other people's victories kind of thing taking pleasure in other people's victories yeah and um and tommy caldwell he's there he could keep climbing and but his partner's really struggling Mm -hmm. and basically he could keep climbing without his partner uh or no with his partner but his partner's not completed all the same sections Mm -hmm. and because of their climbing ethos that it's like once you've got stuck on a bit you can't just skip it and keep climbing the rest of it that doesn't count so he'd basically almost given up his climb right. to support Tommy and Tommy kept pushing on and then they reach a point where actually Tommy's like this isn't real until he's done it so oh, they wow. go back down the dorm wall oh my God. they climb back down it so wait, to the bit where his partner Kevin is struggling and basically they just support until Kevin makes his way across wow that's insane and it's freaking amazing what's this called like, um i think it's called the dawn wall you think dawn wall okay or it's push okay but if you go into like documentaries or like true films oh what on netflix, on netflix okay it'll be there but that was incredible and that was one of the books that like when we were working oh yeah i really wanted to read like push by tommy caldwell and yeah. i've got it now oh that's cool um and because he's amazing nice. and that is really it, that inner strength that like this is what there's, I'm going to do. There's something, isn't it, especially, like, with sport in particular, that just, like, it, it just puts that highlight on this kind of human mm. spirit of defining all expectation or odds, yeah. even, isn't it? Like, um, I think that's why we keep going back to these movies. Oh, that's, yeah. that's what I love about them. That's why I watch so Victus for comfort. <laughs> so, those, so those are the two that you would recommend, then? Oh, definitely, so, yeah. definitely. That's awesome. No, I really like the Silence Climbing one, for sure. Because didn't the other one, Free Solo, won the Oscar for yeah. non-fiction, yeah. didn't it? And so, he climbs it without ropes. That's right, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Because I follow him on Instagram. Oh, uh, okay. Um, he's got some insane stuff on there. It's pretty sick. Um... Yeah, so anyway, um, no, that I really like that. I, I enjoyed that a lot. So what are we doing now, the next section? Because here's the problem, guys. We had to re-record this last 20 minutes because my We just were too app, busy chatting yeah, and my, the app stopped. My, my app stopped for whatever reason. Um, luckily, we recorded quite a bit, which is yeah. fine. Yeah, we made it through most of the Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, and, it's yeah. just we're a little bit... I don't know about you, but I'm far more tipsy than I was about, <laughs> <laughs> about half an hour ago. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the next segment now, though, is uh, cinema moments. And me and you have gone to the cinema an awful lot since we've met, actually. I feel like yes. we're cinema buddies. We are. For sure. Every time there's a new film, I probably send you a link to a trailer. Yes. Just like I'm pretty sure you do to me. And every time I want to see something and I don't have like anyone else or no, actually you're my first port of call really. <laughs> like Amy, I want to go to the cinema. <laughs> oh, I feel honoured. Thank you. It's like you're in the top four of my contacts. Yes. You know, the top four of people that I'll reply to. I've you're made also it. the first port of call for the cinema. <laughs> so. I've made it in life. I'm in yeah. Ellie's, I'm in Ellie's top four. <laughs> <laughs> I should be on speed dial. Oh, so press, press four for Amy. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so obviously, as you're the, the guest, I'll let you talk about your cinema moments, probably more than I oh. will. But, I mean, before you do talk about cinema okay. moments, I am going to, first of all, make sure we're still recording. It looks like we still are. And I'm just, like, going to open another cider, which I probably shouldn't do, but hey. Oh, that's so satisfying. Okay, now definitely you you're definitely gonna have to do your cinema moments whilst this side is being drank because oh. after this I'm not gonna. Remember anything. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I have so many. Um. And so most like, of them you were there. Yeah, most um, of them I was there, but like, like, like cinema for you, like you know what it means to me. Like cinema is one of those mm. things where it's like, to go to the cinema is like something from a kid that to me is a special experience in fact yeah so it really it really was and we didn't we did go and we didn't go Mm. um so i remember back when the odeon and basingstoke was in warner brothers theater oh gosh and we used to go and we were big like you know warner brothers so Mm. as a kid as well i have family over in holland yeah and they're right on the german um dutch border so we'd actually go over and we'd go to theme parks and i was too small because i was like six five years younger than my cousins okay um and my brother so they were all of an age so we were going to theme parks and i could literally go on the teacups but we went to warner brothers movie world nice um but cinema was always part of like yeah our childhood and because i live in the middle of nowhere like always watching films like i said to you logan's run is my sunday afternoon film yeah yeah exactly Um, which you're thrilled that i have the dvd i I bet at any minute you're gonna steal that into your bag you want to borrow it it's fine but um, <coughs> I th- I do remember. Oh, I don't. I don't particularly remember this. Mm. But apparently, this is how important cinema was to me as a child. Okay. Was um, so we went away. I think to like some weird hippie healing crystal festival thing mm-hmm. that my mum and her friend wanted to go to. And um, basically, the friend was going to take us kids somewhere. Okay. Um, I think it was like down near pool or something. So we went to a cinema there, because it was raining. Mm-hmm. and um, Scooby-Doo was in the cinemas now I love Scooby-Doo you know this I, I do, love Scooby-Doo yeah. I've watched all the cartoons Scooby-Doo is part of my childhood mm. like Saturday morning with my dad um, and they used to sell Scooby uh, Scooby snacks yes um, and my mum my would buy them at Christmas and that would be my stocking so I literally was so excited to eat chocolate chip cookies advertised as dog treats yep weird um, and <laughs> I even now I collect the graphic novels yes I'm which you which you, you, which you yeah. recommend highly oh though. they're amazing they're amazing grown yeah. up Scooby Doo yeah. yeah hipster shaggy is my life yeah. um, and really really like ballsy Velma you know she's like cargo shorts and kicking ass and Freddie Jones is this kind of big muscly man who's basically just like love me um <laughs> which like a I, guys I'm living gym. for yeah I'm living for um but Scooby-Doo in the cinema mm. um it's been a really long day and my mum's friend who's like my second mum mm-hmm. shout out to Debbie um she was she bless her, she was falling asleep and she was just desperately trying to catch like 40 winks during this <laughs> film and I was just prodding her awake being like why are you sleeping it's Scooby Doo watch it so basically you were that annoying child really excited and this parent was just hoping they could yeah. catch some shut eye and I was like don't you dare sleep it's Scooby Doo I was like how can you possibly be sleeping it's Scooby Doo yeah. um, so but I suppose that's- like- <laughs> How important Scooby Doo was to me as a child, as well as the cinema. Does she does she retell that story? Does she, she does with Glee. Um, 
and I'm having to learn to embrace it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mention stuff like that as well, because, like, as a kid, like, with me and my mum, like I said, my mum is the reason I probably love films the way I do. And it's like, she used to do this thing where on a Saturday we'd go, she'd take us, obviously she was a single mum, so she obviously, where she went, we had to go. And she'd have to do our shopping, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, for the week. Yeah. And so she'd, she'd always do this thing over the beginning of the day she's like right if you're really good we'll go see a film do you know what I mean like it's that kind of treat and I remember vividly seeing Star Wars episode one Oh, wow, so not even a good one. <laughs> no, not even a good one. No, not even a good one. But it was obviously the first time Star Wars was back. Yes. And uh, for me, I was a kid at the time, so it came out... And your mum remembers seeing them. My mum remembers seeing the originals, and yeah. she's the reason I fell in love with the originals anyway. Like, I used to watch them on VHS. I'm pretty sure they're going to be buried with me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like... I'll make sure it happens. Don't please, please do. <laughs> yeah, please do. But it's just that thing of, like, you know, the Star Wars... She knew I was a big fan. My sister, by the way, couldn't care less. She really like why she was why she was there. I don't know, but yeah, Christina probably doesn't remember with so much glee. But it was basically episode one, and Mum, she you imagine it? You've got two kids who are obviously excited to be in the mm. cinema, but then my mum's got all this shopping that she shoved, you know, underneath. Because oh, you don't have a car underneath the yeah. seats because we had to get the bus. Right, I'm making her sound like really. Dweebish now, no, I? But no, like, it's great. You but, know, like we were saying about it, it's that real life experience. It is, know? and it's that thing as like, the reasons why you fall in love with cinema. Yeah. But also, so this the funny part, like like you said about your person falling asleep in cinema, <laughs> your adult falling asleep in the cinema, right? So my mum takes us to see Star Wars, and obviously this one didn't compare to the no. originals, did it? <laughs> me as a kid, just oh, yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't care because yeah. I was like, oh, it's more Star, Star Wars. Wars. Um, mum literally is between me and Christina and she starts her head goes back and she starts to snore (gasps) like really loud and both me and my sister just kind of look at each other and then just without words just nudge her at the same time Uh. to a point where she just kind of comes away like (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah we still tell that story about oh remember that time you fell asleep in the cinema like and at the same time it's like she's not lived it down it's at the same time at that moment of well at least she took us. Do you know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Like, she wasn't paying attention, yeah. but it doesn't matter. But also, it's not like she missed, like, no offence to those who liked the prequels. I no, don't personally. She didn't miss much. She didn't miss much, <laughs> let's be honest. And also, she f- I remember what scene it was. She fell asleep during the pod racing. Oh, okay. Which what? is, like, the longest sequence. And also, for a race scene, it's the most boring. Yeah. It's the most boring sequence in all of that film. I'm sorry, anybody who likes it. But... It's just that thing of, it's all action, but no substance. You know, you don't yeah. feel like there's anything really at stake. Yeah. You know that Anakin Skywalker it's the second can't half of die. The <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's like, it's like, um, it's like, you know, like when you go and watch a film called Titanic, you know it's going to sink. Yeah. So when you're watching something sort of Star Wars and somebody's got Skywalker at the end of the name, they can't really die. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, well, yeah, it's kind of like that. So yeah, that was my cinema moment of an adult falling asleep yeah. in the cinema. But yeah. I'm sure there are many people who have many stories. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing, like... I parents love... catch a nap anywhere they can. That's so true. Yeah. I do feel for them. And also, any single parents as well. I feel yeah. very privileged to have a mum who just, first of all, bothered to take us to the cinema anyway, but mm. also used it in such a manipulative way of being like, oh, if you behave, you could see this film. <laughs> I think it was just coincidental, like, because of where we lived, that, mm. like, we ended up liking movies mm. in the way that we did, like me and my brother, because 
you know, neither of my parents were massive cinema goers. Like, they were when they lived in London, mm. but the kind of intervening period, because they went travelling, and then they came back, and then they, like, lived in the country and had jobs and had babies. Yeah. Um, like, my mum says that she didn't go to the cinema for, like, ten years. <laughs> like, <laughs> this wasn't a thing. Oh, bless her. Um, and because we had to travel, like, quite far. It's, like, 20, 20 miles, maybe 25 miles yeah. to the nearest cinema. Um, it's not an, it's it's not like a simple like run no it wasn't either. easy mm. um, and also because my mum worked weekends as well so actually like yeah, yeah cinema was definitely a treat because I remember we always used to do like popcorn so like you know the giant thing of popcorn yeah like my brother used to use that as a waste paper basket until the next <laughs> time we went to the cinema like oh, I wow. distinctly remember that <laughs> um, so yeah it was kind of just you know despite having you know two parents and living mm. in the country it was actually still like a really big treat for us as well yeah because mostly I just watch like Channel 4 movies on a Sunday afternoon you know? yeah that was, exactly that was so that's the other thing I've got the juxtaposition of mum taking us to the cinema um, obviously when she's still quite highly strung <laughs> <laughs> Or very tired. <laughs> Thank you, Mum. Um, and using it as a treat. And then, but then the other side of that is obviously she genuinely loves going to the movies anyway. Mm. But and then the other side of it, like you said, is like on a Sunday afternoon, Mum would always put there's either an old movie on the TV, mm. or she'd always have a video or something mm. out, and I, that's how I was introduced to like stuff like Star Wars and other movies. And oh so, yeah. yeah. I've just remembered. Speaking of like, yeah, like yeah. home home movie, yeah, like home movie you know, experience, as in like cinema at the cinema at your house. Yeah, I remember the first time I ever watched Resident Evil. Oh God! Was yeah, my brother's DVD mm-hmm. in his bedroom, and he actually had blackout blinds. So it was his, it was new bedroom, you know, in the extension. He had these blackout blinds, and he had he had like a bunk bed with like a futon sofa on the bottom. Yeah. So he did the blackout blinds, and we were sat on the sofa, and he'd set up his PC monitor as like the computer screen, mm-hmm. and that was when we watched Resident Evil. Oh now, God. I was already like scared of the game because <laughs> I'd grown up like watching them. This is why Buffy was my hero as a child because yep. my brother used to tell me that vampires and zombies were going to come and eat me, and Buffy made the monsters go away. Um, <laughs> So I'm oh, six psychology. years younger than him. So he's like nine, twelve, and I'm like six, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, afraid of the dark. Um, so like trusting him to sit in a uh, like to sit in his room, mm. blackout blinds, watching Resident Evil. And I obviously wasn't maybe I was like twelve, and um, and yeah, and that was really like kind of terrifying because the whole mm. thing's set underground. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was in a dark room. Yeah. Like, there was, like, a tiny sliver of light coming through. Oh, that must have been such like, an experience. Because you slept in that room. Those blackout blinds work. Yeah, no, they do. And, and, like, yeah, that was... It was it was a definite cinema experience. And, you know, like we were saying, like, throwback to, like, black cinema... Like, dark cinemas. Yes. It was actually completely. great for that purpose because yeah. I was totally immersed. Yeah. And as soon as that film ended, I opened that door and needed daylight. <laughs> 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 I had to go straight outside. But... It yeah. was a great experience. And I think partly that is what shaped my love of the Resident Evil movies. Yeah, yeah, Again, yeah. also because it was a kick-ass woman kicking ass. Oh, yeah, you exactly. Know, maybe I just have a thing about kick-ass. <laughs> Buffy, Million Dollar Baby, Resident Captain Evil, Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely got a type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that. Do not be ashamed. Oh, it's no, fine. I'm not, I'm not. No, it's... Yeah, it's one of those things like, you know, obviously love the cinema, but it's... Definitely, like, your experiences at home as well do shape mm. it, don't they? For sure. Like, <laughs> I remember watching 
God, what were they putting on? They were putting on something which is like a really old classic horror movie. And me and my sister were joking around being like, oh, because it's such an old movie. Attack of the 50 Foot Woman? That was my dad's favourite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Or The Killer Tomatoes. The Killer Tomatoes. Oh, do you remember watching um, Eight-Legged Freaks? No. You know what that one? No. Because like, that was always like pushed as like a horror. And then when you actually sat down and watched it, it's not really a horror. It's more like a teen film of comedy. I remember... With what... a little bit of like scare in it. It was just like so funny to watch with a bunch of teenagers. I have watched like the 1950-something Dracula that was like banned Ooh. in cinemas. I have watched that in the cinema. I watched that in Winchester in a special screening one Halloween. Oh, really? And honestly, I've never heard a cinema laugh so like... <laughs> Heartily, when a hysterical woman is being slapped on screen, <laughs> and it's because it was the most like action part of the entire. It was the most like scandalous part of the film. The rest of it was really like it's a PG now. Yeah, the rest of it was so tame. But this hysterical woman being slapped on screen. So <laughs> this funny. entire cinema so funny. burst out laughing because it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> And we all know that that was why it was banned instead of this. Oh, bless you. And then, and that was that was a really good. That was really good. Oh, see, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I just like there are so many cinema moments. Oh yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know. I feel like I should just have a podcast just for them, really. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I think we've got quite a few. So if we go back to one of my favorites. Oh, go on then. Go on, tell the last so, one. So. Two movies in one day. Oh, yes. That was definite, you know, that was probably my favourite cinema experience <laughs> with you, Amy. Um, and that was great. And uh, so what was it? We started with... Um, it was Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Yes. And then we had a break at the pub, which probably helped our and mood. The pub. And Fake Nando's, excuse me. Was it the pub? No, it was Fake Nando's. Yeah, fake no, Nando's. We had like, a glass of wine at Fake yeah. Nando's. There you go, guys. We, yeah, just, just to <laughs> clarify, there is no such thing actually called Fake Nando's. But there is, there is this kind of chicken place in Andover yeah, that it's does like the really nice food yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite it's nice good. quick it's and yeah. very yeah. edible and lovely but in, in an easy way to explain what they serve fake Nando fake Nando um, yeah. and, uh, and that <laughs> was and so we had so yeah so we did double two which was already hilarious my face oh. was already dying yes I think we both we both came out literally in our cheeks uh, were like yeah. killing me yeah, like, we just couldn't stop laughing the whole entire thing. We were sat then... right at the front of that, do you remember? <laughs> we sat right at the front in the smallest screen. <laughs> you can literally probably touch the screen with yeah. your feet. Like, that's how close we were. It's quite funny. Didn't the guy come in to check on us? Yeah, because he. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think so, because he thought that. Did he think that we were alone in the cinema or something? Mm. Or... I can't remember, but one of the guys came to check on us. Yeah. Because we, we bonded with him quite a bit that day, because obviously after Deadpool 2, we went upstairs <laughs> to get our oh, tickets yeah. for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> That's right, yeah. We were like, we're coming back. Yeah, we're coming back. <laughs> we're just going for dinner. Um, so we came back, and uh, and then... Yeah, so we have many issues with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I'll accept that. And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's another podcast. That's, that's yeah, another podcast. It might be another series. <laughs> <laughs> Amy and Ellie rewrite the movies. Uh, yeah, because yeah, we... we'll add Ocean's 8 to that list. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, this is the thing is, it's like films that we love, but films that could have been better. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's what it was, wasn't it? But I anyway. Like if we could have spotted <clears throat> how they could have been better, then somebody, you know... Far more famous and with much more money. You could have spotted that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing: like, we should be getting paid for that. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Definitely. Like spotting the mistake definitely. and being like, "Come on." Yeah. Um. And so we saw Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, and yes. um, and we were in a, a very bit tipsy, like yeah. we are now. Like we are now. Yeah, we've had a few. Yeah, it was it was like this. We've had a few by that point. But also, ready for the giggles. But also, we'd already come from a very comedic film. Oh, like so we, funny. Were, we were so we were in such a different cloud. Yeah. We were on a different level. Yeah. 
And then we came back from the fake Nando's. <laughs> and we were like... A couple of wine glasses better. And, uh, yeah, that everyone was just so serious in that cinema. And, mm. like, it's a it's a dark movie, like, palette-wise yeah. and, like, narrative-wise. It's all quite serious. In a way, are... though, it's, it's a classic middle trilogy yes. film. Because most... Because uh, you know there's going to be another one. Yes. Spoiler alert, mm-hmm. there is. Mm-hmm. But, like, basically... Most middle films in a trilogy are, and it's just yeah. that thing of when the it's comedic the act. when the comedic moments were coming. Me You've and got you, to take them. yeah, me and you were already in this different level, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just laughing, and nobody else was. No, you were the only. Well, first of all, can I just say I was laughing, but you were you were laughing you were laughing so yeah. loud over me. Yeah. It was unreal. <laughs> yeah, I do that. Yeah, I do that. I get that from my mum. <laughs> We'll have to tell her story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that got cut off on the other end, I'm afraid. Sorry, guys. Oh, that great story, yeah. Mm. And, um, and yeah, and I, I, nobody was laughing, so I was like, oh, come on! Yeah. <laughs> Proper, like, arms wide gesturing and to a completely silent cinema. And, uh, yeah, it was yeah. really... It was, it was, what was really funny about that was, was I was sat right next to you and it was literally, I could see your arms imploring because <laughs> we were sat at the back of the cinema. There you are, like laughing your ass off. And then literally, you're like, uh, <laughs> you finish laughing. And you literally, it's like you turn to the whole cinema, like you're imploring, <laughs> like, come on, like, lighten up. Meanwhile, probably everybody else thought we were like <laughs> cracked. I don't know, just. <laughs> they off probably it. thought we were on something. Uh. <sighs> it was funny, though. I often do because because you, that... you do you you did that in Aquaman though you remember where there was another jump cut scene oh yeah it was too like, many it was, it was oh. a bit too many we, we mentioned this earlier didn't we like when we were talking but basically like there was another explosion which had to force the plot along and that's fine I just to clarify okay I love Aquaman oh, I, I saw know it, I loved it too I saw it three times but it isn't a perfect film by yeah. any shape of the imagination no. it is just purely yeah. entertaining it's really good. But it's just that thing of, it was like the third or fourth time, like a character's interaction had been interrupted by an explosion just to drive the plot. And you literally shouted at the screen, why? Yeah. <laughs> or come on. And was, I literally was sat next to you and it was the second time I'd seen it. And I was there like, yeah, I see your point. I was like, yeah, this might be a bit too much. Whoops. Uh, it was good. I it just... was good. Yeah, but like yeah. we were saying earlier, it's like it's, uh, I was saying earlier, it's, it's a horror director yeah. directing an action movie, and unfortunately, I just don't think the editing works with regards to constantly making your characters move forward in the plot by explosions. Like and that's fine once or twice, but you can't do it four or five times. Like it's editing just... is so important as well, and it can create <coughs> continuity errors, oh, and yeah. it's so frustrating. So, like another one of my favourite sport movies, Blue Crush, absolutely mm. fantastic. Surfing movie, I'm obsessed with it. I used to have it on repeat. I don't know how that DVD is not burnt out. <laughs> um, but I got to the point where, I, like, I've even watched the... Um, the special features. Yeah, right. with the commentary. And um, so it's, like, Kate Bosworth, Michelle Rodriguez, mm. and Snowy Lake. Yep. And so Kate Bosworth is, like, the main character, and Michelle Rodriguez is, like, the main sidekick. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Snowy Lake as just awesome support cast, um, who's, like, just there for the good times and the haze. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and she's... So all three are, like, walking up to this desk... And so obviously they're the actresses are commenting on the film, you know. All of oh, what, on the commentary. Yeah, on the commentary. And um, and so Snowy Lake's not really in like in that scene. She's just kind of there as like background. She she will be in a second, but she's not quite there right. for that scene. And um, and the actress basically she has some sunglasses, yeah. and then she takes them off and puts them on a bed. 
and but the way it's edited that if you're not paying attention to the micro movement of her hand you'd absolutely miss the fact that she's taking them off her head and put them on a belt because it's been edited that half a second out mm. so that suddenly they go from her face to a belt and even the actress was watching it being like what <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is a problem. That is a problem, isn't it? Like, unfortunately, editing can make or break a film. Mm. And especially, you don't want to do that in the end, because I was always told, especially during, like, my um, my first degree in screenwriting, mm. I was always told, like, it's really, like, like, the meat of a script and the meat of a movie. You have, like, the first half hour is the beginning where you're trying to set everything mm. up. Then you have an hour where you have most of the stuff happen. Mm. And then... 10 minutes maybe five minutes is the end mm. believe it or not the ending is actually the most difficult thing to do I, I know, in I terms imagine, yeah. in terms of trying to wrap everything up and also satisfy an audience yeah. whether that's a reader whether it's a book or whether it's a film so it really like why you would edit something at the end of a film like that it's half a and, second like, yeah why? i don't know why but that reminds me though of the star trek um i was telling you earlier wasn't i the um me and Vicky, uh, who's another mm. good friend of mine, went to go see the re- the redone Star Trek, which obviously had J.J. Um, Abrams. Yeah, it was Chris Pine, J.J. Abrams. Um, Zachary... Is it Zachary... Quinto? Quinto, yeah. yeah. Spock, yes, yes. Oh, like, a brilliant remake. Like, mm. it, was the, it was the first one. Oh, just, I got it on DVD, I love it. Yeah, yeah. just the first one, the, uh, the Star Trek. I saw it in cinema. And it was like, Vicky, she's very good at spotting continuity areas, whether we're in the cinema or we're watching something on DVD, she will just point stuff out. You know how I don't particularly like people talking in movies? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. And I'm really sorry I am like that sometimes. Like, like it's not like... I think I get away with it with my, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, though, you're more of like reactionary, whereas she's more commentary. Like, uh. like shout out to Vicky. Like, I'm not pinpointing anybody or trying to get anybody in trouble like in any shape but you're not or form. allowed to do that during the avengers endgame oh god <laughs> do that during avengers i'll kick you out like <laughs> hell no it has to be pure silence and uh, only reactions only no i'm joking it's it's fine but like basically near the end of star trek the the remake one like the the ship is crash landing towards earth and Spock is in the main seat and he's telling everybody to evacuate. And Vicky just leans across to me and it's literally, I can feel the breath <laughs> on my ear. And she just goes, it's a continuity error there. Did you see the belt? And it's all because he presses a button yeah. in one scene and the belt comes over his shoulder. But then it does a close up and the belt's not on his shoulder. Oh. And it's in the end of the film and it's on a big screen. Here's the thing though. If she hadn't told me, I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. But because she noticed and she's so quick... I noticed. And then from that point on, even though I love that movie, when I get to the end, I'm literally like, oh God, I have to watch that continuity. Because it's, it's, it makes no sense to me. Like, an editor doesn't realise, like, that's going to be on a big screen. Like, please. Like, why? There's why a scene in the Twin Towers, Lord of the Rings, the Twin Towers. Oh no, please, don't ruin this for me. <laughs> <laughs> and Frodo's, like, leaning against something and everyone's <coughs> running around and doing things. I can't oh, remember exactly yeah. what battle it is, but there's everyone's running around doing things. Um, it's the one where Tolkien's, like, great-grandson is in it. Oh, okay. As an extra, and you see him, like, run. Um, but Frodo's kind of sat there amidst all of it. And you know he's got his little waistcoat. Yes. He's got the ring on a chain. Mm-hmm. Honest to God, it just keeps cutting back to him, and that chain is in a different position every time, and yet none of Frodo's hands or limbs have moved. <laughs> and I honestly, I'm like, somebody has done this. How do you not look at that and then look at the next one and be like, yeah. hmm, over the button, not over the button, yeah. over the button, not over... And I was just, what? 
Yeah, exactly. And it really, it honestly, as soon as I spot that, it completely distracts me. And for that entire like ten minute scene, I'm like, over the button, not over the button. Did, over the button. Did, did you get that as well in Fellowship, which was on TV the other night? The Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. There's a there's a continuity out again. It's oh. at the ends. With, Is it the um, bloody ring on the chain? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's with um. It's Boromir, you know, his death. There's a continuity error where uh, Aragorn is saying goodbye to him. And there's a continuity error on the the shots on where the arm is or where something Uh. is on Boromir, I think, if I remember correctly. Oh, is this like when like characters smoke or they pick up drinks? It's or, something you know, like that, yeah. Li- as soon literally as they're something... interacting with something, yeah. it's Some, Something's in the wrong place. But this is why I think Vicky should have that continuity job. Like if, if he's not doing it, like if, I, if, I, if I manage to actually do this and actually start making some <laughs> videos and films, your... then I'm just going to be like, Vicky, continuity, please. Because she spot things. Yeah. Like, if she spots things on the in cinema... In the cinema, as they're happening. As yeah. they're happening. Or even just before they've happened, I'm yeah. like, oh my God, she's that good. So, I mean, the only thing I can do just before... <clears throat> it happens is laugh <laughs> yeah true like with the ant in Ant-Man oh, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. laughing a good like 10 seconds to be, before that to door be fair that, well, that wasn't a continuity error that was more of a setup that you oh, yeah. that you saw coming miles away that was brilliant <laughs> everyone else is dead silent and I'm already pissing myself at the thought of a giant ant in a bathtub <laughs> Before they've even opened that door in that scene, you were literally, you were literally cracking up, and I thought to myself, because here's the thing, I saw this film before you saw it, didn't I? Yeah. And I had to keep very quiet about it, mm. and I've been quite good at that. No spoilers. You've been very good. But, but literally, I was so impressed that you know what you knew what was going to happen. I was so impressed oh. that I was like, I was laughing with you. I was like, this I, is funny because it was funny, like. It was funny in my head before it happened. You know what? You know it's that very human thing, isn't it? Like, Wouldn't it be great if this yeah. is the next scene and it was? Yeah. <laughs> You're just like yes, <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we've got many, many more. There probably moments, are, but we'll that's probably going to be a whole other podcast, Definitely. isn't it? Let's be honest. Let's let's finish now. Yeah, let's, let's finish now and finish we'll, our cider. Yeah, so. while we can uh, still talk. Yeah, while we can talk and no longer slur. <laughs> Uh, so before we lose this clip to the multiverse of whatever happened in my phone, <laughs> and be- like I want to say it's my phone's fault, but I've been drinking, so who knows? Um, I think it was the app. It decided that we'd been talking for too long. <laughs> the app it was, was like quite precise at fifty nine minutes and fifty nine seconds. I know. I feel like the app was like, okay, you're done. Yeah, <laughs> take a break. I hope the other people don't feel <clears throat> like this. No. <laughs> Well, whoever's been listening, like, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, I'm pretty sure it's episode five, but I've been drinking, so I don't know. I think so. I, think I, feel, like right, it's, yeah. I feel like it's episode I five. Five or six. Four. One of them. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, if you, in, obviously, if you enjoyed our review, please review us. That would be sick. Yeah. Uh, and also, shout out to Ellie. Thank you for joining me on it's this awesome please podcast. Please have me again. Yes, please do. I, I, we've got so many films to discuss. We've already got the Avengers Endgame planned. Um, oh, God, yes. And the one where we correct all the movie mistakes that really uh, upset us. Yeah. Well, it's not so much movie mistakes, but how they could have been so much better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, like, like yeah. you know, terrible writing or terrible editing. Terrible ed- or, editing. Oh, or God. Not, no, too much editing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Too yeah. much, way too much. Like, if they just let that, oh, that yeah, scene. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I agree. So... Yeah, basically, like, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a shout out, give us a rating. And also, if you want to contact uh, me or give a shout out to Ellie as well, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Amy Endless. 
And uh, I believe my blog is still at amyendless.blog.home. But if not, just type in Amy Endless Watchlist, uh, basically on Google, and you will find my WordPress uh, blog. And this episode will go up and have its own kind of summary blog, Woo. basically. And uh, I hope you don't mind, Ellie, but I'll put you on there. Yeah, it's fine. There you go. Cool. So yeah, no, we'll say goodnight and we're going to go, probably go watch another movie. Yeah! Aquaman! Aquaman! Oh god, we're going going back to the aquatic. Oh why? Let's do it. No, it's fine. We're going to go do it. Like, sometimes movies are just pure entertainment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Alright. Alright, then say goodbye. Bye! Bye! And this is Amy signing off. Let's talk more movies in future. Cheers.